0: Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, saying that someone is about to face the music means that the hour has come to be confronted with the unpleasant consequences of one's sinful actions. Today we learn that Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem to be confronted with the unpleasant consequences of the sin of the world. He faced the music in our place for our sins when he suffered and died on the cross. Now having accomplished our salvation, the risen and ascended Lord comes to us by his spirit at work through his word so that we can enjoy the beautiful melody of his forgiveness, his goodness, life, and peace. It's music to our ears, beautiful music. And the last thing we wanna do is face the music to deal with the consequences of what we have said and done. We're all like this. I don't want to face it, do you? No, you don't. So what do we do? We do all sorts of things in an attempt to avoid facing the consequences. Like Adam and Eve, we hide in fear and shame. We deny what we have done, or we blame one another so that we might escape facing the music. I mean, think about with Adam and Eve. He loved himself more than his wife, right? He put her out there to face the music herself. This is what sin does to us. It destroys the love that we have for one another. Now, we're all right with others facing the music, like James and John were. When they said concerning the Samaritans quote, "Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them?" Because that's for others, Lord. You know, they're really bad people. It's not for us. Not for us. We shouldn't have to face the music. The disciples at this point don't get it. They wanted fire to come down on others. They wanted others to be burned for their sins. But Jesus came to take the fire on himself, to be burned for our sin in our place at the cross. But no, they wanted it to consume the Samaritans, but not Jesus. He came that the fire would not consume the Samaritans. That would it not consume James and John. That it would not consume you and me. That, it, but that it would consume him. And the cross. That's what he came to do. It's why Jesus came into the world. So, what does Jesus do in our text to James and John? He rebukes them. He sets them straight. Because they were tone-deaf, weren't they? They didn't get it. Now, someone who's tone-deaf sings out of tune. The disciples were clearly out of tune with the way and the word of our Lord. Jesus has come not to condemn. It's not what he's come to do. That's not what he's here right now where two or three are gathered in his name and where his gospel is proclaimed and where his sacrament is administered. He's not here to condemn. He's here to forgive. He's here to save. To turn his face toward us. And it's a face not of wrath but of of love and care for the people he gave his life for that they might have life with him, that you and me, that we might have life together with him and one another. He came not to condemn us, but to save us. Just ask Adam and Eve, who came to them and called to them and turned toward them and promised them a savior when they sinned and hid in fear and shame and then denied it. And after that, blamed each other so that they wouldn't have to face the music. He was our father in heaven. He came to them and said it was going to all be all right. Ask. Ask Moses. Moses, who was settling into a comfortable life in the desert, tending sheep after escaping Egypt as a murderer. Do you remember that? A murderer. Who came to him in the burning bush and spoke to him and showed himself to him and sent him back to Egypt to lead his people out of slavery there and who divided the Red Sea for them and gave them manna to eat and water from a rock to drink. Who was it? It was our Lord, who came not to condemn, but to save. Ask. Ask Elijah. He didn't want to be a prophet anymore, so he ran away even though God had just given him a great victory over the 450 prophets of Baal. It was 450 against one. And the one won. Because God was with him. He wasn't alone. But even though God had just given Elijah a great victory, Elijah thought that the wicked were too mighty. There's just too many of them. We're just totally outnumbered. You remember what God did for him? He said, I got 7,000 over here who haven't bowed to Baal. Right? That's what was going on. Now, like the disciples, we do need to learn that there is a cost to following Jesus. There's a cost to following Jesus for the salvation of the world. It means facing the music ourselves to benefit ourselves so that we are brought to repentance. See, the benefit is to repent. The benefit is to turn away from our word and way of doing things to the word and way of the Lord. It's a benefit to simply confess that we've blown it. And then the cost also means bearing the cross for others. Now, from our perspective, there are a million reasons for not following Jesus. Let me just name a few. It means acknowledging our sin, recognizing the that evil comes not from out there, but from us, from within, from our hearts. As Jesus said, out of the heart flows murder, theft, and adultery, and all of those other things. It means confessing that we are utterly and totally dependent on God for our life and for our salvation. Following Jesus means taking the blame for others, covering for them, loving them, even when they are unlovable. It means that Jesus comes first, knowing that from him we have our life and our salvation. He doesn't follow us in our whims and ways. He calls us to repent and to follow him. And yet we make excuses, don't we? That's what the gospel was talking about. There's always something else to do. No, this is priority number one for our life and for our salvation. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem to face the music of suffering for our sin in our place so that we all, Samaritans included, whoever they might be, would know the joyous melody of life together in harmony with him and one another jesus resurrection from the dead and ascension in heaven means that our voices that our voices hearts and lives are lifted up and tuned to his heart his voice his life it means that we are his instruments directed by him to play his notes in our lives so that others hear from us the beautiful melody of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits, not of our fallen humanity, but these are the fruits of the Spirit of God. It is music to the ears of all who are yearning to be set free from the discordant life of sin and death. Now, to be sure, demonic forces have been unleashed across our land. That's true, you know. I mean, mothers demand that their own children be dismembered. Men think they are women. Girls ask for surgery and hormones to destroy their femininity. Corporations and sports leagues scream that we better listen to them and follow them or else. You will not be employed here. You won't be welcome. You will be canceled. So what should we do? Lord, should we call down Fire from heaven to consume them. And when we ask that, or think that that's the way to go, he turns to us and rebukes us. No. No. Love them. Speak the truth in love, without sacrificing either the truth or love. Love covers a multitude of sins, including our own. Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem because that is where he would win salvation for us by facing the music for our sins in our place. Jesus' resurrection from the dead confirms that his work is finished Today, he turns his face to all of us. No matter what we've done or left undone, no matter what kind of things we're struggling with, things that ultimately destroy us, he doesn't want that. So he turns his face toward us in love and compassion. Now is the day of salvation, people. Now. He makes his face shine upon us to give us all peace. Peace with him and peace with one another. It's music to our ears. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.